You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. It's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Sal Montez. Minor Talk is presented by the Ostradieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lugan Go Studios with your host, Adrian Brodus. And the Miners do it. We're back. Miner Talk is here. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bratis. UTEP outlasts Old Dominion 78-70 to in overtime. Wow, the Miners coming back, rallying behind. And this one, it almost felt like it was over, right? Because Old Dominion goes on a 15-0 run after the Miners lead for about 16 minutes in the second half. And uh, great game for the Miners. I mean, they held strong in the first half. It was very boring in the first half. And then in the second half, the Miners get off to a nice start. Uh, they held on to a nice lead. But then Old Dominion came rallying back. Uh, Austin Trice, what a game. He had 19 points. 20 rebounds to lead the Monarchs in this one. By the way, the Monarchs out-rebounded the Miners 52-36, to and they went on a 15-0 run starting at the six-minute mark of the second half, and uh, they re- they really put it to the Miners. They held on to this lead. Uh, we didn't know if the Miners could actually rally back. They led in this game for just six minutes and 23 seconds, but it looked like that, that was all that mattered for Old Dominion. They led by as much as seven points in the second half at the 1 minute 17 mark. Yet UTEP rallies back. They go on a 7-0 run to close out the end of regulation. Old Dominion unable to hit late free throws. By the way, attempting 47 free throws tonight. Unbelievable uh, for Old Dominion. How many times they went to the free throw line. I know a lot of people were upset with the refs in this one. But the Miners, they reap the benefits of the refs in the overtime period. Sule Boom scores 13 of his 28 points in overtime uh, to help lead the Miners. He had a career-high six steals. All the minor fans were really upset with Sule Boom and uh, his lack of being clutch in uh, the second half. Well, he rallied back in the end of regulation and in overtime. Boom hits a big three-pointer at the 153 mark to lift the Miners up 70-67. to And UTEP doesn't look back. Boom hits two free throws after that. They go on a 7-0 run in overtime, and they close out the game, stealing a road game in Conference USA after pretty much being dominated uh, uh, in uh, Charlotte on Thursday. Sal Montes is back with us. And Sal, in this one, the Miners needed a win. They needed some confidence under their belt after getting pretty much killed against Charlotte. And all the Miner fans uh, are having to uh, live with a big victory with uh, Sule mm-hmm. Boom helping the, ma- the Miners rally back. And it's not just Sule Boom. I think a lot of guys contributed tonight. Yeah, big time. And in a variety of ways as well. I think the story of the game uh, against Charlotte was the 49ers pretty much getting 
and every 50-50 play when it came to uh, aggression-style plays. Charlotte was uh, more than likely the uh, uh, the ones who reaped the benefits. But today, though, in a game where it was really ugly, yeah, it was high scoring in the end, 78-70. to One, this game went to overtime, and two, a lot of those points for both clubs uh, came from, uh, from the free throw line as well. So this was essentially an ugly game. Who was going to come out on top um, when things were, you know, kind of out of hand for both teams in, in various points? But the Miners able to make it ugly enough to hang in there and uh, do some of the uh, the extra things to pull out the win in the end. And for Sule Boom, this is a guy who had an incredible game when it mattered the most, recording at least five and four uh, categories. You ready, Adrian? Six steals, five assists. Five rebounds, and then of course the big one, twenty-eight points. So zero turnovers, zero turnovers as well. And uh, that, and we talk about, uh, or you mentioned uh, a variety of guys pitching in. How about this? Only four total turnovers for this uh, Miners offense. Incredible way of uh, taking care of the ball, especially when Old Dominion was able to get up, uh, get opportunities for a lot of free points. If you want to talk about it with us, you could do so right now. Our telephone number, 915-880-5763. As UTEP defeats Old Dominion 78-70 to in overtime, you could call into the show. You could tweet us with your reactions at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. At 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And uh, in this one, again, I thought it was over. I-, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a disappointing loss after the Miners. They led by as much as seven points in the second half. They led by as much as nine points in overtime. And uh, in this one, the Old Dominion Monarchs were able to really rally back. They had all the momentum in the final minutes of this game, yet they weren't able to hold strong as well. So uh, big credit to the Miners. They were able to uh, overcome the adversity. And I'm, I'm talking about the adversity that they faced with all the, the fouls that were called against them. Sal, I mean, I mm-hmm. felt like this game was dragging on forever at some points in this one. It was one of those games where the refs really took control in the second half, and uh, it felt like the whistle was just going uh, UTEP's way. I, I mean, against UTEP every time. And I'm not one of those guys who who goes against the refs, but just look at the numbers: 47 free throw attempts for Old Dominion. Uh, that's a lot, but I think uh, Old Dominion is a team that's going to be as aggressive as possible to get to the free throw line. And yes, it is a big, big difference. That's 20 free throw <laughs> difference right there. And uh, we're looking at 47 um, total fouls in the game. I mean, there's 40 minutes of regulation, five minutes of overtime, and there was literally a foul more so, uh, th- there was more than one foul per minute when wow. you factor out the the entire minutes for this game. But uh, at the end of the day, though, uh, that's just the kind of uh, the kind of team that Old Dominion is. They're a scrappy team, and also too, as this game was going on, and uh, you know both teams were hovering around the fifty mark late in the game. I was thinking this is a Joe Golding type game. You know, he wants these games to be in the balance when it's around uh, fifty points for each team in the final five minutes or so of the game. And uh, I mean, it's easy to say this because they won but for them to find a way to stick around even being down seven and 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 clawing their way back in in the final uh, minute and change was impressive so big big gut check for this miners team and they pulled it out and i can't think of another opponent in conference usa or many other opponents rather um where it's really really hard to pull out a win like this on the road against utep is now eight and one when they score more than 70 points so i think the key is for the miners hit the shots and they had more than just uh 
Jamal Jamar, uh, Jamal Bienemy and Sule Boom scoring in this game. They had contributions from Jamari Sibley, who had 11. Titus Verhoeven had 9. You had Jarrell Satterfield chip in with 8 points, and so did Alfred Hollins with 8. So you needed that. You needed any sort. When you're UTEP right now, and you're one of the most inefficient scoring teams, not just in Conference USA, you got to really look in the country yeah. when you're talking about 2-point field goal percentage for the minors. When you have uh, those kind of struggles offensively, you need any scoring boost from anybody you can get. And if it's Jamari Sibley, if it's Titus Verhoeven, who is making some nice hook shots and giving UTEP some uh, life defensively, or if it's Alfred Hollins, who really has been a non-factor in all the scoring categories for a while now, you need that for, for the minors. And uh, Sule Boom, Jamal Bienemy, at some points of this game, they mm-hmm. struggled. Uh, let's be honest. I Big mean, time. Jamal Jamal Bienemy finished this one 15, uh, excuse me, 5 of 17 from the floor, 4 of 13 from beyond the arc, so he's getting a lot from the uh, three-point range, including that NBA-type three-pointer that he shot in this game uh, close to the end of regulation to really help the minors come back in this one. But uh, Jamari Sibley, a very efficient 5 of 7. Sule Boom, still, you know, he's not having the most efficient night. 7 of 19, 1 of 7 from beyond the arc. But look at what he did. He attacked the basket. He goes to the free-throw line, and that's what you want from Sule Boom. Him get to the free-throw line and uh, do it from there. 13 of 14 from the charity stripe. And uh, Sule Boom leading the way with 28 points for the Miners. Let's go to Twitter right now. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. It's hilarious because, Sal, in this one, we had a lot of fans, a lot of listeners who are really upset toward the end of regulation. I'm going to read yeah. some of these tweets for you. Ready? Here we go. Uh, Pinky at Jaime Pinky Arieta. Boom is trying to do too much. Hashtag minor talk. This is Kevin at Sleepy Kev Five. Can we simulate the rest of the season? Asking for a friend. Eric Fournier. Too little, too late. Boom needed to hit those clutch free throws. Noticed. Old Sule no show. Boom was at the game as well. Um, Daniel at the bridge under tweeted us. No offense in five minutes, and then not maintaining the eight point lead. Also, Daniel with the follow up. Love the response at the end. However, they did not fold. What a waste of time. With all the dribbling, shoot is what Pinky wrote to us. The only one that had faith in Grand Paul, by the way, he said no when I was asking on Twitter if this team had some life. The only one who had uh, the faith was Kingsley Onyema, uh, <laughs> father of Zarek Onyema, who said a win is very likely. He was very confident that the Miners would rally back. Uh, but yes, it, it seemed like it was such a funny polar, you know, polar opposite and and totally different on the spectrum uh, when we're talking about fans who were very very negative at one point toward the end of regulation, Sal, and then fans who were ecstatic uh, <laughs> that they actually rallied back. So it was so funny. The disappointment and then getting excited that UTEP came back in this game. Build it and they will come, right? I mean, UTEP uh, in this game um, had fans' emotions, you know, on the highs and the lows. It was like the market, right? Very, very volatile, like the crypto market. But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, they end up on the plus side. So, uh, just uh, another game where, uh, you know, when you go back in the record books between UTEP and uh, Old Dominion, um, the most recent games have really been tough for UTEP to score points on. And, of course, this is the one where they've scored the most points against uh, the Monarchs. Um, but even going into overtime where they had 63 points, that was the most points they've had against the Monarchs, uh, you know, since they've been battling it out against each other. So that's just the kind of scrappiness that's going to happen between UTEP and Old Dominion. However, uh, this one being on the road in a 
very, very uh, tough place to play. And a guy like Austin Trice, you know, putting up 19 points and getting to the free throw line a lot as well, 11 for 16. When you have that going against you, all while he has 20 total rebounds, I mean, what a game. you're going up against a monster and a machine, kind of like a Kenny Lofton, uh, you know, where he had the, the, I think he had like 11 points, but 18 rebounds. So uh, this is a team who's going to get it done in those aggressive um, categories. Uh, but nonetheless, though, by team effort, they were able to pull it out. And let me tell you this as well, Adrian, of everybody that scored for the Miners, all of them had at least uh, three field goals go in. So that's the kind of um, spread around that you need from an offense. However, it must be said, too, it wasn't the most efficient night on the floor for this team. No, it wasn't. But, hey, a win's a win for the Get Miners. Done, yeah. and, and the uh, fact that they got it done in overtime is huge for this team. 78-70. to 70, They steal one on the road, snapping a seven-game Conference USA road losing streak. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get to more phone calls. Our telephone number, 915-880-5763. That's our telephone number. If you would like to weigh in on this game, now is the time to do it. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency with 24 years of servicing El Paso for all your insurance needs. Check them out, OscarArietaAgency.com. Minor Talk returns right after this, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the agency with 24 years of servicing El Paso, home auto, life insurance, even business insurance. You can contact the great people at the Oscar Addy at the agency. We'll also get into our hot head of the game. Thanks to our great friends at Wind Supply El Paso, along with our player of the game. Brought to you by Keith Southwest. That's coming up later on in the show, so stay tuned. We'd love to know your picks for player of the game and hot hand of the game because it was an interesting one with a lot of contributions from different players as the Miners steal one on the road, 78-70 victory over Old Dominion in overtime. And let's go back to Twitter, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Our friend Alexis Reyes checking in on the show. So proud of the Miners' comeback. Glad they did not give up at the end. Almost had a heart attack. Shout out to uh, Christian. Shout out to Alexis for listening in here on Minor Talk. Really appreciate them. Also, let's go back to social media. It's El Paso Visuals Deportivos. Ivan tweeting the show. Uh, he, he's got a thread of thoughts uh, coming in here on Twitter. Uh, this is coming in from Ivan. I don't see his first tweet, but it looks like it was a thread. He said, Blank is the best overall player, in my opinion, and the true leader of this team. He reminds me of Julian Washburn. If he keeps it up, he will go pro and even make it into the NBA. NBA coaches can uh, look him up. And uh, he. I love those guys who can play D and hit threes like P.J. Tucker and Bruce Bowen. Uh, I wonder who Ivan was saying. Oh, he was he was saying it's Jamal Bienemy. So he didn't tag us in this one, but he said this. Jamal Bienemy is a low-key leader of this UTEP men's basketball team. I'm not sure why, but it seems like he was a little overlooked by everyone, the fans, media, etc., before the season started. Most people pay attention to high flyers and scorers, but he is an upperclassman, plays defense, and can score. He is the best all-around player, in my opinion, and the true leader of this team. Um, I'm going to say this. He is because 
becoming a great leader. And Jamal Bienemy's on a tear lately as Keontae Kennedy continues to be uh, without the minors off this team because of an injury. Uh, Jamal Bienemy has stepped up in a huge, huge way for this team. And defenses are starting to key on him. That's what we saw tonight. Uh, Old Dominion really roughing it up with uh, Jamal Bienemy, but I really liked his game. Uh, I love how he's continuing to help lift the minors. And Jamal Bienemy, one of the best overall players on this team, no doubt. Yeah, big time. He's able to be uh, more of a playmaker this year than in previous years where he was kind of more so just a pass guy or a pass first guy. Now it's uh, what is the best available play? I mean, he's he's developing into that. I don't want to say he's completely there yet. Um, I still want to see a little bit more efficiency, but in a game where it's as ugly as it was, you got to get it done uh, any way possible. And I, I mean, the reason why I'm okay with the five for 17 tonight, as you look at the other categories that he was able to affect, I mean, this guy grabs uh, three boards, only fouls twice in a game where Old nice, Dominion yeah. went to the line 47 times. But then also you go further down the line, the number one uh, focal point when it comes to moving the ball on offense, only one turnover to his credit. And then we can kind of counter that with the, uh, with the block on his end. So he's able to affect the game in a variety of ways, all while taking care of the basketball. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that, Sal. Let's keep it moving on Twitter. Tristan Pence tweets the show, gutsy win by the Miners tonight. With a home away game with UTSA and a home stand against Florida schools over the next two weeks, the Miners have an opportunity to move up the Conference USA standings. Minor fans need to show up to the Don. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for us to actually look at this because uh, I would love to look at UTEP's schedule for the next four games that they've got under their belts. Uh, they have UTSA of course next week that's going to be one that we know very well UTSA on the year right now 7 and 11 in Conference USA. They're struggling right now, and uh, UTSA has hit some adversity. I I don't know the exact specifics, but I know they lost one of their best players. I I think one of their best players legit just like went away from their team. He like walked away from their program middle of the season, and UTSA is hitting a a rough point of the season right now. Uh, They just lost to the 49ers in in men's college hoops uh, tonight, and uh, for UTSA, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, a chance for the Miners to get a win, maybe two, under their belts. But they're going to have to do it on the road in San Antonio. They'll first have a chance to do it at the Haskins Center. Charlotte beat UTSA tonight 62-53. to And um, up after after that, UTEP does have the two Florida schools, like Tristan Pence was saying. So with Florida Atlantic, as it stands right now with the Owls, they are 8-8 eight and eight overall, 1-2 and two in conference play. Florida International, after starting off hot in non conference play they're now 10 and 7 overall 0 and 4 in conference play so yeah after the miners had the toughest part of their se- of their season thus far in conference play coincidentally enough to start things off losses to UAB losses to La Tech and Charlotte now the miners will see their schedule soften up a little bit uh, a home game against UTSA a road game against UTSA and then you've got two home games against Florida Atlantic and Florida International it's a long travel for those East Coast Florida school teams to come here to El Paso, and it's not like the Owls nor the Panthers are have a lot to ride off. Uh, you know, those those programs aren't the greatest programs out there right now, Sal. And I think this is a great opportunity for the Miners. Who knows? Maybe they can go four and zero in this stretch and improve their record. If UTEP goes four and zero, that would make them six and three in conference play, and then that would make them thirteen and eight overall. 
it, it's it's good to look at it, you know, from afar. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I feel more confident against UTSA than I do the Florida teams. That's not to say that they can't beat the Florida teams. Um, but when I look at it, yes, they may not be the best of teams, but they're still 500 or above. And the Miners uh, this year defeating uh, defeating Division One teams 500 or above, it's been a little bit of a challenge uh, w- when it comes to that department. However, they are still getting better. Who knows who's going to be available by then as well. Um, but in a league where I think a lot of these games are going to be close for the Miners, uh, they're going to have to gut it out. Yes, it's nice. You got it done against Old Dominion on the road. Congratulations. It's not easy to do, especially in the fashion that you did it. Um, but it's still January. A lot a lot more games coming your way and a lot of teams that may be finding some sort of a form. You know what I mean? For for UTSA, uh, I just want to touch on them for a little bit. In seven, in four of their last seven losses, uh, the reason why I feel confident in the Miners against the Roadrunners is because in four of their last seven losses, um, those losses have been by double digits. You know what I mean? When, when it comes to the Roadrunners. So I feel... A lot more confident for the Miners against UTSA. But when it comes to these Florida teams, let's say the Miners do, you know, route the runners and they start feeling themselves a little bit at home against Florida schools. I mean, you can't be overconfident, especially when I don't think the Miners have really found themselves playing their best basketball yet. That's a good point, Sal. 880-5763. That's a, that's a really good point because the, the Miners still can't take these opponents for granted by any means. Uh, UTEP still needs to string off a couple road, I mean, I mean uh, consecutive wins together in order to have that confidence to go out and try to go 4-0 in this next stretch. Remember with the Miners, the biggest thing for them is trying to find consistency. I mean, they, they have some significant wins like, you know, they beat NC Central. But then the next day, they're not able to turn around and beat Bradley. They lose in that game. They beat uh, Southern Miss 87-54, but they're not able to hold themselves uh, in a road loss to Charlotte. So Joe Golding was talking to me earlier this week about consistency and trying to find that. Maybe this next uh, four-game stretch for the Miners, a home-and-home against UTSA, who struggled in a big way this year, and then home games against both the Florida schools, maybe that's exactly what the Miners need right now in order to try to find that consistency and if if that's the case if they're playing their best basketball heading into the final week of January well that sets them up for a great February maybe mm-hmm. they're able to get back Keontae Kennedy from that foot injury that's been lingering maybe they're able to get back uh you know well uh, this week, it looks like maybe they'll be able to get back Christian Agnew. So if you're able to come up and be a little bit more healthy, um, you know, moving forward, I think that bodes really well for the Miners as they have these next four games. Again, can't take it for granted, but for the Miners, it, it's good for them that they see their schedules soften up a little bit here. Yeah, definitely. Something that uh, I, I want to say is going their way a little bit. You know what I mean? As much adversity as they faced, uh, they could get a little bit less of um, – of a bigger piece on their plate um but still though when with this minor team i feel that when they do start getting some success you know what i mean they start feeling themselves a little bit and it kind of bites them in the butt so we're gonna find out how real this team is when they start getting a little bit more success i like these matchups against utsa but when i'm looking at the schedule as well adrian uh they, they close out the season in march or the regular conference usa season as it looks with rice and uh, north texas right two teams that i think are are very respectable in this league when it comes to hoops um but alongside those two final games in march they also face them back to back when they open up february play so let's say they are on a little bit of a roll let's say three and one maybe four and oh against utsa and and uh the florida schools well they open up february with north texas and rice so 
So uh, a lot more uh, tough basketball heading their way. But if they can overcome these obstacles, you know what I mean, it's definitely going to bode well for their character. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's welcome on Hunter, 880-5763. That's our telephone number. What's happening, Hunter? How are you? Pretty good, man. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing fine, Hunter. What do you think of tonight? You know, I think it was the uh, perfect example of this season. <laughs> he had some good and some bad all wrapped into one game. Uh, inconsistency in one game, but uh, it, it's kind of what we've seen from game to game, you know, and it, it, it we saw it all in one game. We saw boom, be boom, and, you know, ruin five out of six possessions uh, in the regulation to let them back in the game. And then uh, you saw what he can be with his performance in overtime. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he, he makes all the free throws, and that's the difference of this game. Well, it wasn't even just that. He just made better decisions, you know, and then, you know, he got a little confident, some shots fell, and then, you know, he was aggressive to get to the hoop and got fouled, and, and uh, you know, good things happened. So you, you saw what he's capable of, both the good and the bad, which is that's pretty much the whole team. You know, they're capable of good, and they're capable of looking really bad. I hate to make the comparison because, you know, football's been down for so long, but they kind of remind me of the football team. You know, the defense kind of shows up. They play t- with toughness, but there's not a whole lot of room for error given how their offense is and how uh, anemic it really is. So they, they really have to play tough defense and get a couple lucky breaks to get these wins. Uh, you know, the people that have kind of, I guess, not given up, but the like the, the golden naysayers, you got to remember, they have not had a full team all year. You know, and I, I think they would be scary, and they will be scary when Golding brings in his style of players and when they're, they they got the full allotment of players. I mean, he's, he's the team, and it's not just him. It's a team the players battling. They're doing all this shorthanded every single game. And uh, this is a team that they've won now at Old Dominion, which is not an easy win especially that far away from home. They won at New Mexico. They won at Pacific. They won some some tough road games that even with our most talented teams, they're, they're tough to win. So you got to give the coach credit. And, you know, uh, I know you guys don't go as far back as this, but those of us that got to grow up in the 80s and especially the 90s, you know, we all glorify Haskins, which he deserves it. But a lot of those games weren't things of beauty either. They, they won a lot of ugly games, a, a bunch of those like heavyweight fights, and that's how they won the game. So I see a lot of similarities between that style and this style here. So I, I think it's good, and uh, I look forward to what the future is going to bring. You know, this year is going to be a little good, a little bad, but uh, I'll keep watching it and, and keep rooting these guys on because I like what I see. A uh, quick question: Do you guys get the feeling that? Uh, Kennedy might be done for the year just by some context clues that we've been seeing. Well, so this is what I, I – that's a great question. So what I had heard, and I think now we could make it a little bit more public, uh, what I had heard about three weeks ago was it's a foot injury and it's about six weeks for Kennedy. And I don't know what kind of uh, you know road to recovery we're looking like right now with uh, Keontae, but I do know that we're seeing him right now uh, using that scooter. He's not, you know, not even out of that boot, that wide walking boot that he's in. He's always going through uh, workouts and recovery uh, things at practice. So he's still with the team. He's just kind of trying to get better through recovery. Uh, But we did ask our doctor yesterday who we bring on for sports talk uh, from time to time. And he did tell us that usually when you get a foot injury like that, it's tough to come back. So I would say it's just going to be based on what kind of, uh, what what kind of, uh, you know, run the minors go on through this next stretch, but maybe early February, maybe, 
maybe the middle of February. I'm going to try to ask Joe Golding and try to press this question a little bit more this week so we could get a definitive timeline to see what the recovery process looks like because now he's been out. I mean, he's been out since Bradley. So we're talking about six straight games that Keontae Kennedy has been out all the way since uh, December 22nd. Hopefully, for the minors' sake, he can come back start of February. Well, hopefully. I mean, you know, anytime you get those foot injuries, they're they're, they're never good. And, and that's why right. when, they, when they release that, man, I, it's not going to be a week-to-week thing. This is an extended thing. And and uh, I don't know. I just, seeing games like this and the fight in them, I mean, how could you not help but be optimistic for the future? I mean, they, they're doing this shorthanded. I, say, I still say Keontae's their best overall player. And they've been without him. Agnew's a very tough defensive player. They've been without him. Uh, so getting him back will be a big boost, and with Bienemy playing as good as he is, and I mean they're getting the guard play that they need. It, 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 it's going to be they're going to finish right where they, I think not even right where they should have. I think a little ahead of where they're picked to, and uh, I still look forward to the future of this team with Golden. Over or under fifteen wins for this team right now, Hunter? In your opinion, they're sitting, they're, they're sitting at nine, right? Yeah, they're sitting at nine, nine and eight overall. And then we talked about the four games. They've got UTSA home and home, and then they've got Florida Atlantic and FIU at home uh, January 27th and 29th. You know, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say they went over 15, and I'm going to include getting at least one conference uh, tournament win. In wow. There. That's that's great. I mean, the Miners haven't had a conference win uh, since the Floyd days. So uh, good prediction there, Hunter, man. You take care. Have a great rest of your weekend, all right? You guys take care, man. All right, that's Hunter joining us on the phone lines, 880-5763. That's our telephone number if you'd like to weigh in. Any thoughts there, Sal, off uh, Hunter's phone call? Uh, that That's a lot, of, uh, a lot of confidence right there. But at the end of the day, if they can have this game within reach, you know what I mean, make it ugly and give themselves a chance, uh, I do like it. You know, as long as it's a scrappy effort and they're having that other team, whoever it is they're going up against, play a game that's worse than normal for them. Um, you know, it's definitely within reach. I mean, we saw it today. This team was down seven points. Yes, they were up by a certain amount, and I think even um, Old Dominion went on maybe a 15-0 run, something along the lines of that, and that's how they were able to get the lead. Um, still to not lose uh, composure in those final minutes and change and claw your way back in definitely says something, and that's just the kind of league that it's going to be this year. 8805763 that's our telephone number as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter uh Ken Palm Advanced Analytics of College Basketball which we refer to a lot here on the show uh they predict UTEP will finish 15 and 14 so they think it's going to stick right at 15 wins uh for this year they think they're going to win eight conference games they think they're going to win the next four games for sure and then they think the miners will cool off a little bit after that uh four games that they have up uh in front of them real quick back to twitter let's go to joe chacone nothing gives me goosebumps like joe, uh, john teicher voice of the miners calling a comeback win should have never gone to the point but listening to the goat of announcers to get more excited than me when we are getting a big play it's legendary hashtag repping from cali now hashtag brock is my og hashtag might be repping somewhere new soon Oh, Joe Chacon hinting at a move, possibly for work. Hopefully he's coming back to the 915. Uh, let's go to Mario, who's joining us next on the phone lines, 880-5763. That's our telephone number if you would like to weigh in. What's happening, Mario? Good evening. Hey, what's going on, guy? What's going on, Mario? How are you? Good, man. I, you know what? I, I, think, uh, I think the miners haven't, haven't reached the peak yet, man, and, and I believe they will this season, and I think we're going to be surprised. 
I think that, like like the previous caller was saying, they're just inconsistent. But that that's going to come with work and, and, and with coaching. Um, I, I am optimistic that we're going to – I also think we are going to win one competition. Okay, I like it. That's that's a good point right there, Mario. Uh, hey, help us out a little bit. We've been trying to debate who was the player of the game in your eyes tonight after this victory. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Sully Boom just because of the overtime thing. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, 13 points out of the 15 that the Miners scored in overtime. Yeah, it's a good pick right there in Sule Boom, who's uh, been uh, struggling as of late. Hey, great call, Mario. You have a great rest of your weekend, man. Thanks for calling in on the show. All right, great. Great uh, show, man. Y'all have a good night. All right, you too, Mario. Thanks so much. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Sule Boom, Sal, because we t- we uh, harped on Sule uh-huh. against Charlotte after uh, he was inefficient yet again. He was 3 of 15 of scoring. Uh, tonight, I mean, I'm not talking about his most efficient night, 7 of 19. He struggled in the second half, but 28 points to finish off the night. Uh, got to the free throw line, especially in the, sec- in the overtime uh, process for the Miners. Like you were saying, filling up the stat sheet, Five assists, five total rebounds, and then six steals uh, with 45 minutes of action. Did not come out once in this whole game. Sule Boom, um, this is the game that he needs. Maybe this is the turning point for his season because he's uh, had career lows in everything. Uh, field goal percentage, career lows, uh, three-point percentage, career lows. You're talking about uh, somebody who is an all-conference caliber guard who is just struggling and going through a little bit of a slump. Is this the turning point right here? Is this where we see Sule Boom start to pick it up after he's got some more consistency? I'm talking about just consistent playing time right now and not having to be out, whether it be COVID issues, injury issues, stomach bug issues. Maybe now that he has some uh, consistency playing with this team. Maybe that's what what uh, everybody needs for Sule Boom. And I think that's a big thing for Sule Boom. I, I think that somebody like him who, again, all-conference guy, led the Miners in scoring last year. You had Bryson Williams, who was second on the team in scoring, who the Miners like to rely on a lot. But the fact of the matter is, Sule Boom was their leading scorer last year. And going into this year, he was their leading scorer for a good majority of the season. And he cooled off uh, right after he had that stomach bug. Um, you know, for the Miners right now, this is a time that they really need somebody to step up in the absence of Keontae Kennedy. Sule Boom, who struggled, again, struggled as of late. He, ha- he hasn't been the most efficient scorer. Continues to be somebody who, uh, you know, he, you just have to uh, hold him accountable for the shots that he takes. Uh, tonight, 28 points, leads all scorers, and uh, I thought he had a great performance. Sule Boom, Sal, is this yeah. his turning point? Uh, you know, maybe overall play-wise, I think so. Uh, still want to see him be more efficient, especially with if he's going to be putting up seven threes, you definitely want to see more than one being made. But when that one three-pointer is the one that really gets them ahead in overtime and they really don't look back, it's it's hard to argue with. But when I say overall play-wise, I mean, last game we were looking at a large number of misses when it comes to Sule Boom, even in the win against Southern Miss. Uh, but, but let's really go back to the last game. You know, really just a bunch of shots put up and a lot of misses and nothing else to show for it. But tonight, although going seven for 19 and one for seven from beyond the the arc gets his 14 uh, free throw attempts and nails uh, nails 13 of them. But remember, we were saying, how else can you affect this game? How else can you positively impact your team? Well, he gets five boards, he gets five assists, and when he's on the defensive side, he's taking the ball away six times. But this is another impressive stat, Adrian. You ready for this? Zero turnovers tonight for Sule Boom. 
Yeah, I love that stat right there. And, hey, maybe it is a chance for him to turn things around. Let's go to Pinky next, who's joining us on the phone lines. If you'd like to weigh in, and now is the time to do it, 880 as we continue. What's up, Pinky? Good evening. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, uh, great to hear you guys again. Uh, thanks for you guys for having this show again. And uh, before I get going, uh, Hunter, Hunter, man, that phone call he made was just great. I thought he hit it right on the nail. Hey, Hunter's <laughs> always money, man. So I, I never, I whenever Hunter joins us on Minor Talk, I always expect money, and he always delivers. So uh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate your words, Pinky. What do you think of tonight? Um, <laughs> frustrating. What uh, standing there and watching it, you know, we have to, you know, again, like you said earlier, you have to give credit to Shuli Boom. Uh, at first, I said, you know, he's trying to take over the game. He's trying to do too much. But then as the, as the second half went on, I realized what he was doing. He was trying to show the defensive guy that I have more than just a three-point shot. I'm going to drive in on you, even though he got a couple of blocks on him or not. Or, and he didn't stop driving in. And then he started getting the foul calls. So I, I saw what he was, he was doing after I realized what he was doing. He says, I can shoot the sure. three-pointer. It's not going in for me. Let me try something else and see how this works out. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to him. A lot of credit goes to Coach Golding for letting him do the things that he could do. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there, Pinky. I think this is uh, one of those things where maybe the Miners can build off these road wins. They just need to steal some of them throughout the rest of the season, and uh, th- that's exactly what they need to do. Now the next step is protecting home court, so we'll see how the Miners uh, improve when they come back to the Haskins Center. Uh, in your opinion, who's the ga- a player of the game tonight, Pinky? Well, you have to give it to Suli Boom. He came in in the, in the overtime and, and took over. He went and said, I'm going to be the man, and he did it, you know. And let me point one other thing that I noticed during the game. I'm glad to see more guys taking shots. Not the, You know, we usually see uh, three or four guys taking more shots in the game. And uh, we saw Shipley and Hollins and these other guys taking shots during the game, which was good. You know, maybe it'll give them some confidence, too, and start hitting some shots down the line. All right, Pinky, great stuff, man. Have a great rest of your weekend. We appreciate your phone call, 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. Uh, Pinky also tweeted us, thanks for the great call, Hunter. All the right things were said by you. Keep the great attitude going and keep the rest of us with our men's minor men's basketball, both programs in sync. Uh, that is what Pinky also tweeted us on Twitter. Um, this is coming from King Eric on the show. This game was very ugly. Yes, Jamal Biennemi hit a clutch shot in the end of regulation but the defense collapsed toward the end when you need stops the most. I'm also really liking what uh, Satterfield is bringing to the table. That's coming from King Eric on the show. Uh, let's take a timeout. Oh, one more tweet to get to. This is Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Great win tonight. The Miners were patient on offense and worked the ball inside. They proved they, they do have the talent to win. Hashtag Miner Talk. Good point there, Adrian. We appreciate your tweet. Let's take a time out right now. When we come back, we're going to get to some awards. We're going to wrap things up here on Minor Talk. We'll get to our hot hand of the game thanks to Wind Supply El Paso. Also, our, our player of the game brought to you by Keith Southwest. You're listening to Minor Talk, sponsored by the Oscar Adietta Agency, only on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk wrapping things up here on the show. UTEP with the 78-70 to 70 win over Old Dominion in overtime. If you want to talk about it, join us. 880-5763. We're wrapping things up. So now is the time to duck in one last call if you'd like to do it. Uh, let's talk about our awards here on the show. 
Uh, we did not make anything official over the break, Sal, unfortunately. But uh, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk through this, okay? So let's start off with our Hot Hand of the Game Award. Um, this is presented by our great friends at Wind Supply El Paso. Uh, let's say, um, let's look at this. Jamal Bienemy, 14 points. He's a candidate right there. Titus Verhoeven, 9 points. He's a candidate. Jamari Sibley, 11 points. Sal Montes, I'll defer to you. Uh, oh, even if we're go- going with Sule Boom, who had 28 points. Hot Hand of the Game. I'm going to defer to you here, Sal. You know what? I think uh, when it comes to hot hand of the game, I'm going to go Sule Boom. And the reason why I'm going to go Sule Boom okay. is um, really came alive in the overtime period, was able to be the reason why the Miners got um, you know ahead and didn't look back when, it, when they got to overtime. Now, when we look at what else he did in overtime, able to uh, get the ball back after I can't remember who it was at the line maybe it was a Satterfield at the line uh, let me just look at these numbers and make sure I'm right no so it wasn't Jarrell Satterfield it must have been uh, Sibley when he was well, at the well, line uh, in overtime yeah it was it, well actually Sule Boom was the only one who went to the free throw line in overtime well, the, uh, Jamari Sibley had a jumper in overtime which it, was really really nice yeah so it, whoever it was that put the ball up for the Miners um, it was Old Dominion getting the rebound as soon as they got the ball they tried to push it Sule Boom comes out of nowhere I think you know which play I'm talking about yes in transition in transition and uh, able to not only give the miners the ball back when old dominion is trying to get back in the game but kill some more time off of the clock uh but when it comes to just getting hot at the right time i gotta go with sule boom all right sule boom our hot hand of the game you can keep everyone warm comfortable and toasty right now with a new champion furnace from wind supply el paso wind supply el paso is the official supplier of champion heating and cooling products and you can locate your nearest champion dealer online today you visit the find a dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com time for the player of the game award this is brought to you by keith southwest sal we've got some great great uh, options here for player of the game who do you think uh tonight uh, or night tonight's award recipient should be oh man it's uh this is a tough one to call for sure um but you know what i think i am gonna go with Titus Verhoeven. Titus Verhoeven. I like it. He had, he had a really nice game. It, even mm-hmm. though his stat sheet doesn't show a lot, I mean, he did it on the defensive side, and he did it offensively. I, I mean, when it comes to Titus Verhoeven, able to uh, be responsible for altering a lot of shots, but when it comes to offense, I mean, an efficient 4 for 6, didn't crack the double-digit mark, only 9 points, um, and only got to the line twice, but able to get 4 assists to his credit. And then you look at the plus-minus as well, plus uh, Plus eight when it comes to the plus minus. So really, really big job. And we've been calling on a big man for the miners to step up. And uh, Titus Verhoeven, since he's been back, you know, uh, pretty much answering the bell uh, more times than not. Hey, he's had a great stretch here for uh, for um, all these players um, when we're talking about the miners. Titus Verhoeven winning our player of the game award thanks to Keith Southwest. Uh, they deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made right here in El Paso. From prototype manufacturing, 50 million pieces. Keith Southwest is a trusted partner for worldwide for aerospace, automotive, appliance, electronics, military, medical, and many more companies throughout the world. Learn more about Keith Southwest today at KeithSW.com. Back to Twitter real quick, then we'll look to next week. Ed McDonald tweets the show, great win, specifically on the East Coast and on the road. I'll take it any day. Here's the big question for you. When is the last time that UTEP had a player that could hit a big shot like the enemy did uh did we um 
did. We might have to go way, way back. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, uh, who's the last player, Sal? Who would you think? I mean, we saw it with Jordan Lathan against. Uh, he hit big shots. Was it New Mexico? Yeah, home. he hit big shots. Um, I think he even had one against Rice at home. He was a big shot guy, um, for sure. But, but one of the big names that comes to mind is um, Lee Moore. Oh, nice name, too. Yeah. yeah. I'll go Lee Moore. I mean, there have been a handful of, of clutch guys. Stephon Jackson's another one. But, I mean, he, that's the all-time leading scorer in YouTube history right there. Uh, but, but I mean, if we could just kind of not go too, too far back, I'll say Lee Moore. Okay, I like that name. Kingsley Onyema, Zarek's dad, tweets the show, What a finish indeed. Miners did not give up. They fought until the end when three-pointers don't fall. Drive to the basket and get fouled. Good point. Mr. E, our friend, friend of the show. Next four games, favor the Miners. Six and three, here we come. Killa D. Hashtag Miner Talk at 600 ESPN El Paso. Coming from Mr. E. Uh, he's our man. Let's go and let's turn the page and look toward next week. The Miners home and home series with UTSA. First at home on Thursday and then on the road on Sunday. Oh, well, whoops, I forgot. It's Joe Chacon who just tweeted us. Definitely would be closer to the 915 and the county even shared the same as yours. It would be for sure the same time zone. Uh, talking about where he's moving. So great news for Joe Chacon. Uh, UTEP plays UTSA right now. They're seven and eleven. They're zero and five in conference play. They're zero and six on the road this year. Haven't won a road game thus far. Uh, Dao Dang, who was their leading scorer at fifteen points per game, he actually left their program. And I dug into this a little bit more. Turns out this coming from Inside Runner Sports. Uh, prior to the UTSA basketball game, uh, Dang said that he is going to leave the program to pursue an opportunity to play professionally. This was actually just last week. This came as a surprise uh, to a lot of people, including Coach Henson, who said that this was uh, a shock a shock to them, and he left abruptly. So imagine having your leading scorer leave the team as you're in the midst of uh, you know a tough stretch right now. Um, UTSA, again, has not won a game in conference play, and for the Miners, this is a great opportunity for them to beat a Roadrunner squad that it's reeling right now. Yeah, you got to take advantage of these opportunities, especially when they when they present themselves, uh, because we know for the miners, nothing's guaranteed. Sp- specifically, when nine in and nine out, you don't even know what the uh, what the available lineup um, is going to be like. You know what I mean? Forget the entire roster uh, that you have on paper, but who's even going to show up to practice that week for one reason or another? So definitely want to take advantage of these opportunities. But we, when you can approach that, though, Adrian, after coming off of a win like this, um, you know what I mean? You can definitely get the ball rolling. But still, though, what you did in the previous game, although it's nice, that is not going to carry itself over. It's going to be what you do as a player, what you do as a team, how you prepare uh, leading up to that. That's what's going to make the difference. couple other storylines to get to before we wrap things up. New Mexico State, they're 15-2 and two on the year. Teddy Allen had 41 points for the Aggies tonight in their 77-63 to 63 win over Abilene Christian. Wow. New Mexico State looking like not just an NCAA tournament team, mm-hmm. but they might they could win a couple games. Teddy Allen only had 41 points? There you oh, go. that's terrible. There you go. You got to bench that guy, right? No, Teddy Allen's one of the uh, the best players. Um, you know what I mean? For sure, when it comes to the whack. But when you look at mid majors, I think he's up there with some of the best. And you know, when he when he's rolling, he's hard not to not to root for. So definitely, big big props to the Aggies. What are they now? Sixteen and two. 15 and 2. 15 yeah. and 2. Okay. They're so, killing it. I mean, they're they're definitely on their way to uh, a potential. Uh, 
putting another whack championship in the trophy case, and Chris Jans has his team rolling at the right time. Nothing but uh, nothing but respect for that program. UTEP women's basketball gets a big 53-48 win against Old Dominion. They were shorthanded, yet they come up big. Teal Battle led the way, 15 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists for the Miners. Katia Gallegos with 7 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and only 1 turnover tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Brenda Fontana with 12 points off the bench. She was huge uh, tonight, 5 of 5 from the floor, 7 rebounds. Uh, she did have 4 turnovers, but just played in 22 minutes of action. Miners getting a big win, low-scoring contest, uh, and Old Dominion was trying to rally back in this one, but thanks to a 19-point third quarter, the Miners get a win at home uh, and really, really uh, help them out in the in the and, standings calling. And also, Adrian, they snap a nine-game win streak. Oh, nice. That, for that Monarchs team. Wow. So nice. that, that's a team that's one of the best. Uh, matter of fact, in old, for Old Dominion in general, when it comes to basketball, um, this is one of the more uh, decorated teams, especially yeah. since they've joined uh, Conference USA. Uh, that men's and women's program uh, for basketball has just been exceptional, really, since they joined the league. But uh, specifically for that women's basketball team, I, I believe they have some championships that they could uh, they could put in other teams' faces. So that's a big, big win for a perennial conference uh, powerhouse. A couple tweets to get to, a couple um, options as far as clutch shooters in recent minor history. Uh, Pinky tweets this Philly Rivera. King Eric says, are we going to forget about Vince Hunter? Uh, good choices right there as well. Hey, if you missed any of Minor Talk, you could check us out on our podcast channel wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, download, even if you heard it right now. If you help us by downloading it and subscribing, really helps us out on our side for Minor Talk. So we really appreciate everybody uh, checking us out as well on demand. Uh, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus, wrapping things up here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency. We'll be back on Thursday as UTEP takes on UTSA. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts.